The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, episode number 334. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we're going to listen to a 12-minute message from Zig. Then I'm going to break it down and go deeper with you. The title of today's show is Success or Survival, which is your objective. On that note, and in regards to so much we've been discussing lately on self-talk, I've got an admission to make. I mean, truth is truth. You can know it and speak it and not follow it. And folks, I finally realized that I've been giving far too much talk to complaining, not often out loud, but in my head, though sometimes also out loud. I mean, I have so much wealth in my life right now. I can't even list it, but that also creates a problem. There's just so much. I'm dropping balls left and right. And it's one thing, you know, to be honest and admit the challenges and be real about your life, but it's another thing to just gripe. And you know what I mean? So I've been working on just shutting up, speaking the blessings and the truth of so much I have to be grateful for. And it just works. As one of my friends has on his email signature, don't believe everything you think, because that's the problem we inherently do. And as I sit here now recording this Ziegler show at 9,000 feet up in the Rockies on a pristine blue sky day, there's little I can viably complain about. So, all right, if you're ready, I am too. I listened to this message from Zig last night and I need to hear it again. So here we go. Enjoy. Now, our first lesson was what is success. The second lesson today is employment security in a no-job security world. We hear an awful lot about uh, that very subject, so let's take a look at it. But I know that for many in this class, if it's not existing at this moment, it will exist and has existed at times in your past. Where success is not your objective, survival is your objective. We all have had those times in our life, and if we haven't, I don't want to be negative, but I will say that that is on the way. That's part of life. I'll show you a picture of life a little later on. Now, for some people, they say uh, that, you know, well, it's a little too late for me. One of my favorite little stories, and I tell it frequently, is of the 55-year-old lady that called me on a radio talk show. And uh, she was almost crying. She said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm 55 years old. It is too late for me. I've never done anything with my life, and it's all over. I said, ma'am, how old did you say you were? She said, I'm 55, and it's too late for me. I said, ma'am, you're just a spring chicken. I said, as a matter of fact, does your mama know where you are? (laughs) She got tickled. And once you get a person to laughing, uh, then they're open uh, to a change in their thinking. Uh, Now, folks, let me say this again, just as strongly uh, as I can, uh, that uh, I believe that you make a mistake if you don't take notes. Why does God repeat himself so many times in the Bible? Why does he repeatedly say the same thing? It's because he understands us, because he knows us. He created us. He knows that we are slow learners. He knows that a lot of people fit in the same category I am in. I have a brilliant memory. It's just awful short. 
Now, that's a category that an awful lot of people fit in now. How many of you, and let's kind of see how do we go about getting all of those things. How many of you consider yourself to be honest and at least reasonably intelligent? Can I see your hands, please? Okay. A couple of hands didn't go up. Let me, uh, let, let me ask you, was it the honesty part or the intelligence part that, uh, <laughs> uh, that got to you? Well, anyhow... How many of you uh, honest, intelligent people, as a general rule, get more work done on the day before you go on vacation <laughs> as you normally get done in two or three days? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, let me ask you a question and listen to the whole question. How many of you believe that if you can learn why this is true, and how to make it happen every day, if you did that every day without, hear the rest of the question, without working any harder and without working any longer, how many of you believe that uh, that would be a magnificent contribution to life, that you would be more rewarded yourself, that your family would be better off, your company would be better off, the community would be better off, and God, particularly for those who tithe, would also be better off. Can I say your hand? No, don't misunderstand. Not that he needs our money, but we need to give it for our benefit, not his benefit. Though he does tell us in Malachi 3.10, the only place in the Bible where God tells us to challenge him. Trust me now, saith the Lord of hosts, and bring your tithes into the storehouse and see if I will not open the gates of heaven and pour out a blessing which you cannot even receive. One translation says... I will send you so many blessings that you'll throw up your hand and say, Oh, no, Lord, that's enough. I can't handle any more. Now, that's in the Bible. Now, let's take a look then and and see if we can find out why and how it is that we get so much more done on that day before we go on vacation. Now, understand you have already said you're an honest and intelligent human being. I encourage you to write each of these words down. And as I verbalize the words, put by the side of that word an A or an S. Is this an attitude or is this a skill? Because it's very important. Honesty and intelligence. Are they attitudes or are they skill? Now, how many of you then, on the night before, the day before vacation, got out a little sheet of paper and said, you know, I got a lot of things to do tomorrow. Man, I got to remember to do this and this and this. How many of you did that? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, we call that goal setting. All right. Now, let's take a, a look here at a, at a couple of things concerning this as we go into uh, goal setting. Why is that important? I have the privilege of doing the large public seminars with a lot of the celebrities, the presidents and the generals and all that kind of good stuff. Now, we have large crowds. We survey the crowds, and here's what we know. We know in the crowds that we've got psychiatrists and truck drivers. We know that we've got college professors and students. We have civil service workers in the military. We have entrepreneurs, salespeople, household executives. We've got the whole crowd. And what they have said is this, and what we've discovered is that those who have a goals program, everybody's got goals. You know, the alcoholic has a goal. 
The drug addict has a goal. You had a goal to get here this morning, rain or shine. And uh, fortunately, it's raining. And the reason it's so fortunate, it cleans out the atmosphere. And God's out there busy washing our cars, I mean, and watering the grass, doing the whole smear while we're in here nice and warm and dry and comfortable, okay? Now, the people who have goals on average earn $7,411 a month. Goals programs. Those who do not have a goals program earn an average of $3,397 a month, more than twice as much if you have a goals program. Now, I'm just going to talk about a one-day goal. This is not a goals program. Somewhere down the road, we'll be getting into a complete goals program. And then you got organized. In other words, you said, well, now, I got this list of stuff I got to do. But some things are more important than others. So I'm going to put this one first, and this is going to be, oh, man, i got to get that. Oh, yeah, I don't want to forget this. I'd encourage you to make one exception to that. Put the most objectionable, the most disagreeable, the nastiest, meanest, ugliest thing you got to do, put it first. If you got to go give Charlie some horrible news, and Charlie's filth on the list, you know what you're doing? You finish number one, and, well, i got to talk to Charlie. You finish number two, well, you know, i got to talk to Charlie. You finish number three, i got to talk to Charlie. Yeah, get him out of there. Solve that one quickly. As this old boy down home would say, friend, if you're going to have to swallow a frog, you just don't want to look at that sucker too long. <laughs> I mean, he ain't going to get no prettier. You can, as a matter of fact, he's going to get uglier, okay? Then you accepted responsibility to get the job done. This is my job. If I don't do it, somebody else will have to do it. It is my responsibility. Then you make the commitment to do it. Now, the minute you do that, you are now thinking as a self-employed person, which you must always do because if you don't think as a self-employed person, you will eventually become an unemployed person. It doesn't make any difference who signs the paycheck. You really do work for yourself. You, they, they sign the name, but you determine ultimately the security and the amount of that check by your performance. It is up to you, as we will see. Next day you got there, not only on time, but maybe even a few minutes early. And the minute you got there, you really got busy. You didn't look around and say, well, I wonder what I ought to do now. You got a plan of action, ladies and gentlemen. And then uh, you were optimistic that you could get it done. I was talking this morning. Half of us get here optimistic. Half of us get here either in neutral or in pessimistic. Uh, You'll be pleased to know that the 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary does not have the word pessimistic or pessimist in it. That's an invention of our modern terminology. Words do change. Now, optimism was in it. So this is something that's kind of self-induced over a period of time. Our natures might lean in one direction, but we choose the way we want to go by the way we choose what goes in our mind. For example, uh, if the last thing you watch in the evening is the evening news, and it might not always be good news, and the last thing on your mind when you go to bed is the bad news that you've been hearing. To listen to a good gospel tape last night, we were listening again to Bill Gaither and to listen to those good, beautiful gospel tapes, you know, and God's love is being poured into your mind. You sleep better, you dream differently, you wake up more refreshed, more optimistic because the last thing that goes in your mind is generally what the mind dwells on during the course of the evening. Your enthusiasm uh, is great when you're there on that day before vacation. You're highly motivated. 
Now, I'm one of these people that uh, my nature is in that direction. You know, I'm the kind of guy that take my last $2 and buy a money belt with it. That's the way I'm put together. Uh, I'd go after Moby Dick's Robo and take the tartar sauce with me. Now, you decisively move from one task to the other. When you finish one, and this is a critical thing, because when you finish a task, if you, now I'm not talking about running, I'm not talking about working harder or longer, but when you move with purpose, you're not as likely by any stretch of imagination to be interrupted by somebody else. How many of you have noticed that people with nothing to do as a general rule want to do it with you? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Now, how many of you had paper routes when you were kids? Let me ask you a question. Did you deliver them alphabetically or geographically? You see, the interesting thing is, as youngsters, we learned you got to have a plan of action. Isn't it strange that when we get a little older, unless we have a plan, we'll work over here a little bit, and then we'll come over here and do something, and then we'll go over here and do something, and then we'll go over here and do something. At the end of the day, our productivity is way down, and we say, boy, I don't know what happened to the day. Well, you're on a trip during the day. Generally, what happens to it? This will save you five minutes here, eight minutes there, 12 minutes there. End of the day, you've got a minimum of an extra hour, and each hour is more productive, okay? So Zig says, kind of led off in that message. He said, for many people, whether ongoing or in seasons, success isn't their objective, survival is their objective. And of course, I titled today's show after that. I mean, this necessitates really that we define what is success and what is survival, which is a huge topic that I can't do justice to. But so let me, I'll I'll talk about my personal perspective on that as I listen to Zig's message. I mean, I'm as a husband and father, uh, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father to a whole passel of kids. You know, I'm working to provide a home, food and clothes and the culturally expected, you know, amenities, but I don't really see that as success. I I don't at all, actually. That's just survival. I mean, my life insurance policy can provide those things in abundance or so could someone else that's replaceable. So what isn't? And I feel for me, I mean, it's what I invest relationally in my family, what experiences I give them, uh, what examples I show them. What meaning and purpose I introduce them to and inspire them in. Yet it's so easy, and we all know this, to get wrapped up in the day-to-day grind and deny all those areas of real success so I can be just uh, survive, so I can survive. And so I can ultimately you know, look forward and I'm going to be comfortable in my retirement, which that, that's just not success to me. I mean, I'd rather invest in my family today and work hard to my dying breath, which, which in all truth, that's my goal anyways. I, mean, I have far too much I want to accomplish to ever retire. I hope when I go to heaven, I'll have a, a meaningful pursuit there as well. I mean, heck, sitting in a cloud and singing hymns all day is not really enticing. That sounds more like the opposite of heaven to me. And hey, I love hymns, but goodness, I mean, seriously. So what is success? Again, for you. I mean, it can be, folks, listen, it can be life-changing to set aside an hour just to dwell on this. I mean, when it comes down to it, you could probably write it out in 10 minutes, but you may spend the first 50 minutes just sitting still trying to get your head around the idea of, oh my gosh, what is success to me for the first time? I mean, just the act of contemplating it 
will put you in the realm of the world's most successful people. I mean, that, that old adage of, you know, most people die with their music still within them. It's not only true. I mean, it's also true that most people are going to go through life reaching the end without ever contemplating that they even have a song or a verse to offer. I mean, again, we can listen to this and nod our heads, but really think about your life and the lives around you. You, So many of us just going through the motions. So folks, I'm going to ask you to do it. All right. Almost 2000 of you downloaded the self-talk cards and went through those. And we had such incredible testimony. We did a show on right now, just to sit down and do a brief, don't make this overwhelming. Like it's got to be some novel. We often do that. We take an idea and, oh my gosh, it gets so overwhelming. We never get around to it. Don't just make it simple. Give yourself an hour. Hey, give yourself 20 minutes. Uh, write out some tangible aspects of success. What are you aiming for? And be specific. I mean, God love you, but for all those who instinctively write down, I want to love God and others. That's about as specific as a hand grenade. Okay. How, how are you going to do that specifically? You know, and don't leave out anything. Don't leave out little details. We all have desires for, for certain things. Let's get them on the table. They will help motivate us. Even if it's material things, you know, if it helps get you excited man, motivation, take it in any form you can. Okay. So here, here's some ideas of just some areas to dwell on. And you might want to jot these down. This isn't comprehensive, but just some quick thoughts. Think about what's the legacy you want to leave. Okay. What do you want to achieve relationally now, today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, when you die? A third one, uh, what are experiences that you want that would lift you, that would, would give you new eyes to see and ears to hear other things, inspire you, just experiences. Here's a fourth one, inheritance. It could be relationally, it could be money. What do you want to leave? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, and on that note, number five, finances. Just what do you want to achieve financially? And, and six, I put down assets to think about what assets do you want to have to own? And I separated that from number seven, which I just put material items. Are there some material items you want? I just recently searched and searched and searched and bought a big enclosed trailer that we can haul all of our canoes and kayaks to go to the lake. I mean, it sounds like a little thing, but man, that was, that was fun. And now we're going to take off and, and utilize that. I mean, there are, it's okay to want some things. And number eight, health. Where do you want to be health wise? How vibrant and vital do you want to be today, tomorrow, 10 years from now? Okay. So those are just some ideas. All right. To really look at just some basic things that we often don't ever look at. What is success to you? All right, Zig mentions next, but he doesn't really expound on the reality that in, that in looking at achievements and success, many people think it's too late. Now, folks, I could give you a long list of people who didn't do too much until they turned 40 or 50 or 70 or 80, but you can go find that. It's talked about a lot because it's a constant uh, issue that comes up with people copping out really and saying, oh, it's too late. There are these incredible stories of people who didn't do much. They didn't accomplish a whole lot. I mean, even, even Zig, the Zig Ziglar that we know didn't really start till about 45 ish. Didn't start till his forties. Didn't really hit a big stride till even later than that. Now, obviously he did some things to lead up to that, but we all have too. We have accomplished a lot of things. We might need to find a new package for him or, or, or we may need to go a totally different direction. 
but I'm not going to give you that list of those people. You can go find that people who accomplish great things later in life, type that in to any search engine. I'm sure you'll find an incredible list. It should be inspiring, but then I wonder, will it really be? Will it make a huge difference? I mean, ultimately all that matters is looking at who you are, where you are and deciding, deciding to submit to the status quo. Say, Hey, this is it. This is my lot in life. It's not a lot, a lot, but it's my life or deciding, no, no, I've got to do something different to get something different, regardless of where you're at and what your circumstances are, because there's always going to be somebody else at a worse place with worse circumstances who's doing more. That's kind of sounds pessimistic, but I, it's, it's just true. I look at where I am and even if I think I've accomplished a lot or, or, or not, I mean, somebody's done more with less. Don't use it as an excuse. Okay. I mean, too late being, it's too late. It's something nearly everyone can use at any point in life. And again, it is, it's just an easy, tragic cop out. I mean, I could try to be compassionate about it, uh, even for myself, but then why being compassionate about it just would allow me to stay where I'm at. And I just don't find my God calling me to coast. So what help would it be? I mean, most of the growth and joy in, in trying and striving is in that. It's in the trying, it's in the striving. Sometimes we can even arrive at the goal and feel a little let down, you know? So why would you not do it? Make a list. Uh, it will probably be, make a list of why you wouldn't. Why wouldn't I go after something? It would probably be depressing to start that out and it might help motivate you to go after something significant. All right. Hey, a quick call out to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. Anyone who knew Zig Ziglar knew he's a, he was a voracious learner. Everybody involved with Ziglar is a voracious learner. And Zig read and learned and consumed all he could. Today, there's so much information to be had. And we're going to talk about that in the show here in just a second. So much. And the question is, what can you trust? What's efficient and effective? So lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com is the leading online learning platform. They got over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, creative skills. And it's, so check this out with a lynda.com membership. You can watch and learn from top experts, folks who are passionate about teaching what they have to offer. You can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule uh, and your own pace. I mean, the courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. So you can browse each course transcript to follow along or search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. You can take notes as you go, refer to them later, download tutorials, watch them on the go. Uh, on your mobile devices, you can create and save playlists of courses you want to watch, uh, and you can customize your learning path, share with friends, colleagues, team members. So, hey, for a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash Ziggler. That's lynda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash Ziggler. Hey, once you get a person to laughing, they are open to change in their thinking. Zig said that in the clip. Once you get a person to laughing, they're open to a change in their thinking. Now, Zig was a funny guy, even to the point of, I know from his personal story, he almost had to back off of it. He said, man, I could just make a living as a comedian, you know, but that wasn't the point. So when he says this in the clip, I was thinking about that. Now, I'm not a comedian either. You hear me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty to the point guy. But the point of getting them to laugh, it's just a, a, a way of connecting. Okay. So you don't have to be a comedian either. He's saying you got to connect if you want to change people's thinking. 
kind of in that aspect of people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. If you haven't connected with someone's emotions, there's little chance you'll be able to truly help and influence them. I mean, this is much of the personal relationship skills training that's a part of every Ziegler uh, course event. They always come back to this. It's personal. It's very personal connecting with people. So whether you do it with laughing or storytelling or you pick your, your, your way, this isn't a course on how to connect, but the point that Zig gave in this, and this is an attribute of success was you've got to connect with people and, and really, and in the course of, or the aspect of laughing, he said it's connecting with people's emotions. How can you do that? If you don't know how to do that, you don't know how you're able to, that is a significant course you need to go after and figure out your own uh, effective way of connecting with people's emotions. All right. Why does God Zig pulled this out. Why does God repeat himself so often in the Bible? And he said, well, we're slow learners. Okay. And he kind of made a joke about that, but, but really think about that. And I'm going to rephrase it. We're really slow changers. Don't you think? I mean, we learn pretty rapidly and constantly, but we change very difficultly. I mean, we learn more now than ever before. I mean, we're the most educated and knowledgeable culture ever. I mean, it's the information age. It's free and immediate and beyond abundant. All the information is. But are we changing as a result? I mean, a constant influx of positive information, of course, is wonderful fuel. But if you want to truly change, folks, I'd strongly encourage you to read and listen to far, far fewer messages and repeat the ones you need most until you actually change as a result. And at least be honest that you're listening and reading and consuming so much for positive feelings and to keep your hope up, which is awesome, but it may not be to really change. Are you going to wake up the next morning and really be different if you don't commit to it? I mean, to really change takes study. I mean, taking notes, as, as Zig talked about in the clip, digesting it, memorizing it, and then ultimately establishing a new habit, which is, if you've been listening to the shows lately, that is Tom Ziegler's latest uh, anchor, really. His cry is it quickest way to success. He was asked this in an interview, quickest way to success. And he answered, he said, just replace a bad habit with a new habit. That's, that's powerful folks. That is powerful. Hey, many of you in the Ziegler audience have a business on the side or are fully self-employed or run a business that's involved in e-commerce. I mean, we do so much to attract the right people to our product or our service, but do you realize that bringing someone all the way to your buy now button isn't even halfway to the end? I mean, shopping cart abandonment is huge. Braintree, all right, Braintree folks, they have made the payment experience in apps specifically seamless and and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your own app with excellent Customer service, simple integration. Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. This is a big deal in online business, folks. And Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you're going to be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. I mean, Braintree is helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best in class mobile checkout experience. So check it out for yourself. 
Braintree gives you, again, a full stack payment solution. So you can support all kinds of payment types for your customers. Uh, PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, uh, credit cards, the whole gamut, okay, with a single integration. So across all platforms with superior, they got fraud protection, customer service, and again, fast payouts. We all want to get paid. So to learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fees free, go to braintreepayments.com slash Ziggler. All right. Braintreepayments.com slash Ziggler. All right. So folks, getting more done. Zig really ended with this and it's just interesting. It's easy to take with a grain of salt again, but we're going to focus on it. We get more done on the day before we leave for vacation than any other day. All right. And we all nod with about that and we would laugh, but again, Zig is so amazing at doing. He took that reality captive and said, let's look at that. What if we did that every single day? And, and I can right off the bat hear some people think, well, gosh, it's not sustainable because on that day I killed myself. I can't do that every day. Okay. Just again, let's not get overwhelmed with it. Take the concept that he points out and he pulls out some keys. So let's hit on that. I mean, ultimately one of the biggest pieces of that, that, that why do we react that well? Cause there's a deadline, there's a deadline. And we so seldom have those deadlines that cause us to really act at our highest performance. I mean, deadlines are a primary aspect of goals. First, to state the goal, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show with stating what, what, what is success to us. And the next thing, you know, is putting the steps to it in a timeline. And, and I love a timeline with consequences on it. I, I'm a deadline. I love deadlines. But you know what? That's probably, is that, that's, that's probably kind of Pollyanna. Is that true? Do I love deadlines? No, I love that they get me to actually come through and perform. I don't like deadlines. I like doing whatever I want in any given moment. I love spontaneity. It's why I'm self-employed. I like to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But if I don't have deadlines, I often will not do something. So I'll make up deadlines and I'll make up consequences just to get myself to do it. Well, I was talking about this with my family. I have a routine that every day I do some kind of physical activity. A lot of times it's in my office. I hit the floor and I, I put my feet up on a shelf and I do different sets of uh, push-ups or, and then I do the same thing. I've got one of those things you can put in your doorway to do pull-ups. And I try to do something every day and, and try to do some running here and there and, and riding my bike as well. But a lot of times just with that quick office thing, you know, four sets, six sets of push-ups, pull-ups, I'll just say, I'll, I'll think about it when I get hungry. That's my trigger. I'm hungry. Oh, I can't eat until I do that. And sometimes life will happen. Business will happen. And it's an hour later. And now I'm really hungry. I still haven't done them drop down and do my four to six sets. That's my deadline. And it's just self-imposed, but Hey, it works. And I do those every day. It's one of the things that keeps me fit and, and well, so whatever it is, that's a small thing. You can make big deadlines. I got to tell you a story here real quick after I take a sip of water. Hold on. All right. Um, back when I was doing a lot of self-employment coaching, had a guy come to an event uh, guy was very, very large, quite large, um, but he had a story to tell. It was a recent story. He had gotten motivated and coming to my event was one of the, the, the pieces of this new action step that he was taking for his life. But he said, I also realized I've got to do something about my health. I'm, I'm obese. Uh, I'm not well. And so he signed up, get this folks. He went and registered for an out of state marathon. 
over a year down the road. If my memory serves, it was like 15, 16 months away. Okay, he paid for it. And it was a hundred and something bucks for the marathon. He bought his plane tickets. He reserved his hotel. He has money on the line. He created a consequence. Okay, and he also then, it was a few months into it, ah, three, four months ahead, he also had signed up for a 5K, all right, paid his money. He then announced it to his entire place of work and told them and asked for their help, said, hey, I, I need help. I'm going to be going out on lunches to do my, my walk right now. It's, it's just a walk that's the best I can do. Uh, and I could, I could use your encouragement. Don't let me, don't let me cop out, okay, uh, with it. Well, what that did is it, it gave him incredible uh, consequences, deadlines, accountability, and then support. Because what happened in his story is the folks heard him. They were inspired by it. And before he knew it, he had a whole group of people going out on his walk with them. He gave them permission to succeed. Ah, so many, so many nuggets of gold in that story there. But that is just a beautiful way of creating a deadline, uh, which again, goes back to what Zig was talking about. Why do we get so much done that day before vacation than any, any other day? Uh, you need to, so he talks about that. Zig talked about that more. He says, what's one of the key things that we do getting ready for that vacation? We make a list, we write it out, we get pen and paper out when we may never do that. Otherwise, why don't we do that in our daily life? Set our priorities, start off in the morning or the night before, whatever works for you and just set a list. Okay. What's happening tomorrow? What do I need to do? When am I going to do that thing that I want to do, but may not be the most urgent? How am I going to figure it out? I mean, call it goals, folks. And if goals is not a word that gives you uh, warm fuzzies, don't use it again. Find something else. Find another word. Uh, you, you make it work for you, but the point remains and the foundation is strong. It's interesting when we're talking about, again, we're going to use the word goals because that is what Zig uses, but he said people who have goals earn more money. And if you listen to the numbers, you'll hear that it was approximately double. People who have goals earn more money approximately double. I mean, folks, that's just, it's just a tool. It'd be like saying, you know what? People who have, of, of all the people who have nails, the ones who have a hammer are three times more likely to put the nail completely into the piece of wood. Okay. That sounds kind of stupid. I just made that up on the fly, but you get the point. And we don't ever question that. Oh, of course you got to have a hammer. Okay. Creating goals helps us get more done and we have more success. It's just, it's just stats. It's just a, uh, just a messenger. Uh, and so was Zig to that point. And I do like the thing too. When he said, making that list, he said, put the worst step first, get it over with that one. I do attest to, I hate dreading that last thing. I hate dreading that thing. I do like to get it out of the way first. So it was uh, confirming to hear him say that they take the worst thing and just get it over with. Then it's all downhill. You know, I like that, but when he's talking so much, the essence of that message was urgency and purpose, urgency and purpose. Can we create that? Uh, and why wouldn't we in our just day-to-day -day life folks, in our day-to-day -day life, why wouldn't we have a sense of urgency? It doesn't mean we have to have anxiety and worry and stress, but just a sense of urgency. This is a day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it and do something worthy and have a purpose. And how can we not? I mean, isn't it arrogant to go through the day or the week or the month or the year expecting that we'll be here long-term? How much of our lives do we live betting that we'll be here far down the road to then have a break, then afford the time to do something. 
man, it's, I mean, we can't live like tomorrow's the last day. Cause then we don't do the necessities like washing the dishes and taking a bath and paying the bills. But to even look at it and say, gosh, I, there's no guarantee I'm going to be here longer than a year. If that's it, what should I be doing now? And so again, back to what do you want? What do you want? Going back to that creating, what is success for you? What do you want? If the answer is, oh, gosh, I don't know, nothing. Well, there's, there's the main problem. There's the priority problem we got to deal with now. And if you do know of something, is it worthwhile enough to motivate and inspire you? Let's question it. Let's look at it. And then if we say, yes, it is then, okay, what needs to happen? Just break it down. Call it your you know, steps, the steps to making it happen. If you don't like the word goals, what just, what are the steps to make it happen? That is part of goals. I mean, we just write them down. What's the steps? What do you want? What do you need? What do you believe in? There are a few things more important. If you want anything else out of your life, than figuring this out. Folks, thank you for tuning in today. Such an honor to be with you. See you in the next Ziggler Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZieglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.